0: 8.03. So South Korea has been cooperating with the US to fight the coronavirus pandemic in a number of ways, from presidential exchanges to a $60 billion currency swap to Seoul's promise of medical support. We announced briefly earlier in the show that... South Korea is sending 600,000 testing kits to the United States on a flight this evening after the request that was made by President Donald Trump late last month. And as U.S. Ambassador to South Korea, Harry Harris has been emphasizing the importance of close coordination between all nations. Let's connect with the U.S. Embassy here in Seoul. We have Linda Dateweiler, Consul General, and Kim Furnish, Chief of American Citizen Services. Both of you, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Good morning, thank you.
0: So, again, to both of you, maybe I can start just for clarity with Ms. Date Byler. What are your thoughts on bilateral cooperation between Seoul and Washington?
2: Well, this is uh, definitely a global pandemic. We are all in this together, and we have been from the beginning working very closely with our Korean partners and friends, whether it's been getting protective equipment where it needs to be or collaborating on the cure. Um, I have to say I've been very, very impressed with Korea. Their response has been quick, competent, aggressive. They've had a very clear-cut strategy, which they've articulated well. I think all of us here in Korea feel very safe, and I'm very grateful to the Korean government and the citizenship, who have exhibited a lot of social responsibility and mature citizenship. Uh, in their response to this crisis.
0: I'm sure those sentiments many of us would share. Uh, And uh, at the risk of asking you to repeat, um, Ms. Furnish, is there anything you'd like to add to that?
1: Oh, I completely agree with uh, Consul General Detweiler, and we're working really hard here um, at the embassy to respond to questions and concerns from U.S. citizens, so I would really encourage U.S. citizens here in Korea to register in our Smart Travel Enrollment Program. It's step.state.gov. We send out messaging to uh, to your emails about current issues that might affect U.S. citizens, and we'd really encourage you to register.
0: Coming back to you, Ms. Dedeweiler, the Department of State did issue a Level 4 Global Health Advisory. What is the significance of that?
2: Um, The end of March, we did issue uh, a Level 4 Health Advisory uh, advising Americans not to travel. Um, This Health Advisory supersedes, replaces all other individual country-specific advisories out there. Basically, uh, it warns against uh, international travel, citing COVID outbreaks uh, and immigration restrictions, flight cancellations, uh, and dangers to health that COVID um, causes. We disseminate these messages, as Kim mentions through our Smart Traveler message system, and I also inclu- uh, encourage American citizens to enroll in step.state.gov.
0: Yeah, the STEP smart traveler enrollment program we just heard about. And, and perhaps we can go into that in a little bit more detail in a moment, Ms. Furnish. But can you also address for us what are some of the things that the State Department can and cannot do for U.S. citizens during a crisis?
1: Absolutely. Um, The safety and security of U.S. citizens overseas is is our top priority at the Department of State. Uh, We're here uh, to keep you informed, to provide security updates, um, and we have a very robust social messaging um, system through Twitter and Facebook. Uh, We're here to answer questions and provide local information um, and really be there for U.S. citizens 24-7.
0: And so regarding this step messaging service what exactly are you sending out and and how particularly might US citizens find that helpful
1: well you know um, we're We strive to be experts on local information for U.S. citizens. So, for instance, recently when the Seoul Metropolitan Government started a mask program for foreigners here in Korea, we actively sent out messaging about that. Anytime there's a change in the travel advisory from the Department of State, we'll actively send out messages about that. Uh, So we're really there to assist and inform U.S. citizens.
0: Uh, Ms. Detweiler, I understand passport services have been suspended, though, as part of public health measures to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Can you explain why I I, I can presume that uh, you're you're trying to limit the number of people who who might become infected or spread infection? Uh, But, you know, we are operating within this country where it's a bit of a mixed bag which services are ongoing and which ones have been... Uh, lay to rest for a little while, Uh, and and also, what can people do to access emergency services?
2: Um, First thing I want to emphasize is that the embassy is indeed open and operational, and our highest priority uh, remains the protection of American citizens. We have suspended the issuance of routine passports as well as routine visas um, in response to the worldwide challenges presented by COVID. Uh, We are particularly concerned about the health and safety of both our customers and our staff. I do wanna emphasize, however, that we are still able to produce emergency passports for US citizens who have immediate travel needs or urgent documentation needs. Uh, we also are still accommodating emergency visa appointments for critical travel, which might include urgent business, humanitarian cases, uh, diplomats, officials, crew members, medical personnel, um, helping in patient care or the COVID fight, and to any other folks who are crucial to our nation's food and supply chains. Um So again, we are open and we are operational we 're just prioritizing in order to keep people safe
0: right i mean it 's a reminder that this covid nineteen situation it's uh, it 's something that is affecting so many people that it 's on everybody 's minds and and in their conversations but Individual crises can occur all the time, and it's good to know that uh, these services are there and available should people need to access them during this time. Ms. Furnish, just to extend this a little further, what other types of services do consular officers provide to U.S. citizens overseas, including here in South Korea?
1: Absolutely. I I sometimes like to say that uh, American Student Services and our embassies and consulates are some of the best-kept secrets out there. Often Americans don't know we're there until, until they need us, and we are always there for them when they need us. So, some examples of the work we do are assisting victims of crime and sexual assault. We work really closely with the Sunflower Centers here in Korea, um, who do an excellent job of assisting uh, victims of crime. Really kudos to our Korean government counterparts on that issue. We perform welfare visits. We visit hospitals. We visit U.S. citizens and prisoners. We issue birth certificates. We issue death certificates. We work with U.S. based families when they need assistance with a relative here in Korea. Um, we're really there for U.S. citizens, and we do our very best, uh, but I have to say we're incredibly lucky to be living and working here in Korea because I say we have some of the best counterparts in the world. The Ministry of Justice, the police, the Sunflower Center, the hospitals, the infrastructure in Korea makes it easy to work here, and easy to work on these issues, and I feel lucky every day to uh, to be able to work with Korean nationals and to help American citizens.
0: The, the, uh, the, the, the clarification that I just want to ask briefly with you, uh, Ms. Furnish, because I've passed the US Embassy so many times. Uh, I'm sure yeah. many of us have, uh, right there in the center of Seoul at, at Guanghua Moon. It's one of those embassies which um, might feel a little bit intimidating for people with, with, with the necessity of it being quite well guarded. Right now, especially during this COVID 19 time, is there anything people need to be aware of when they go in person to visit the embassy?
1: Well, typically you'd have an appointment, but we would see you on an emergency basis. Um, The entrance to the American Citizen Services is on the side of the building and not in the front. If you have an emergency, you can approach the embassy and say, I'm a U.S. citizen who has an emergency. Um, And again, we're there for U.S. citizens. We're open and operating. Uh, You can also reach us on info ACS. Um, at state.gov. That's our email address. Please also check at our uh, website, our Facebook. We put as much information out there as we can to help you. Uh, Another great resource is travel.state.gov and that's the State Department's Consular Affairs website. Tons of wonderful information there. Um, But we are here to help. You can call or email us 24-7.
0: Thank you for being so open. Uh, And Ms. Detweiler, can you also tell us a little bit about the State Department's no double standard and how that's relevant here?
2: Ah, the no double standard rule. It's one of my favorite rules. (laughs) It's about uh, transparency and fairness, basically, in sharing information. It's about not keeping secrets. Basically, if the U.S. government has information about a specific and credible threat we have the obligation to report that threat to the US uh, public so that they can keep themselves safe. Um, when we do up threat information, again, it's um, reported on our smart traveler enrollment program message system at step.state.gov.
0: Just a, a quick personal question for both of you as we finish today with your own experiences. So COVID-19 must be very strange. And thankfully, as you said before, being in South Korea is a relative blessing, c- considering how tough things are elsewhere in the world. But but how does this compare with some of the emergencies that, that you've both experienced elsewhere or, or crises of, of whatever nature? Miss Datebiler, perhaps we can start with you.
2: Um... I I have indeed been involved in efforts uh, surrounding SARS and MERS. Um, I've been doing this job for 20 years, so I have experienced uh, a lot of crises. I believe at this point in time I've been through about five Cat 5 typhoons, four ferry sinkings, two military coups, two volcanic eruptions, a shopping mall bombing, a stampede, a train crash, uh, and a prison riot. So um, uh, it's an exciting job, uh, and uh, crises abound, unfortunately.
0: Well, this is the sort of experience that citizens can benefit from, a a calm head that's um seen the panic before that people can experience and knows I hope how to navigate that and both of you sound very calming I might add Uh, Miss Furnish can you share the same answer with us uh, your own experience comparison with what's going on now
1: Sure. I I don't know if I can compare to my boss's stories, but um, I helped answer phones during the U.S. evacuation of Lebanon. I actually served here in Korea as a vice consul during the H1N1 response, so it's been really interesting to sort of compare the experiences and just so impressed with the the mature citizenship and social distancing that Korea um, has engaged on and will continue, obviously, to engage on during this crisis response. I also have a volcano story. I assisted a U.S. citizen who fell into a volcano, uh, in the Caribbean, um, many hurricanes and other issues. Uh, so, there, unfortunately, there is no lack of crises for U.S. citizens around the world, but always happy to be there and message them via step.state.gov.
0: And did that citizen live to tell the tale of the he volcano? Sure
1: did. Uh, amazingly, he sure did. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, I'm I'm sure he has his own amazing story. Perhaps we should connect with him another time. Uh, Exactly. Linda uh, Detweiler and Kim Furnish, both of you from the U.S. Embassy in Seoul, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Alex.